welcome to the Immigrant Voices Podcast Project. I'm Deb Bluestein, and I'll be bringing you the voices of the courageous people who've made the U.S. their home. In their own words, you'll hear about the lives and people they left behind in their native countries, their journeys here, their struggles and successes. You'll hear from parents of dreamers, dreamers themselves, undocumented to naturalized citizens, and everything in between. Raised on a farm in poverty in Honduras, the youngest of seven siblings, Sylvia's prospects for bettering her life were slim. One sister had already emigrated to the United States, and Sylvia, at the age of 19, decided to follow. Along her treacherous journey, in the midst of traveling on trains and buses, and for the most part walking and walking, she discovered once she reached Mexico that she was pregnant. Her choice was to return back to Honduras or continue on to the U.S. border and face a life in a foreign country as a single parent. Resilient and courageous after one month of traveling, Sylvia reached her sister and started her life over again. She found work, she gave birth to her precious daughter, and she began to learn English. Today, Sylvia provides a safe and secure home for her small family and is a proud member of the Gardner Pilot Academy Adult Immigrant Learners Community. Everybody has a story to tell, you know? Everybody's story is different. So tell me a little bit about your story, about how you came to this country, what kinds of things you encountered on the way here. We could start with that. My name is Sylvia. I have been here for 10 years. I came from Honduras. So I decided to immigrate to this country because in my country, the situation in in which I was, in which I was living, was not the best. I grew up in the poverty. Okay. So where my parents had to work like um, hard in farming. So they work in farming to give to my sisters and me the necessary. When I say the necessary, I'm talking about like clothes, shoes, food, etc. Mm-hmm. The basics. So, yeah, the basic, exactly. So that was so hard for me. And then we are like seven sisters, no brothers. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. You're the baby. Yes. <laughs> I have a daughter. She's nine years old. Uh, so what, what was the, was there a special event or something that gave you the courage to come to the States? When I was in Honduras, I graduated high school, but okay. that was so in, very difficult to find a job. Like, and so in that time, my one of my sisters, she was 
she's still here. She's here. So uh, okay. she was here and then she helped me Great. to come to this country. But when I came to here, that was a very difficult to me. Tell me about so it. I, I, yeah, because I wasn't 19 years old, but I finished the high school in Honduras. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told you. Um, when I came here, my life changed drastically. So you know why? Because to my, to my surprise, I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't know. And, and, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. No, uh-huh. I didn't know. So wow. and then that happened. So and I found out in my journey coming here. How did you come? I mean, was it like you know how immigrants can come here to like walk in, like well, train, cars, and, every uh, way, past the river, like exactly, mm-hmm. you know everything. And, so, it, and you and were in the I, middle. You were in the middle of your journey, and you found you were pregnant. Yes, wow. I was in Mexico wow. when I like start with like vomit the things. Like that, I was like, what happened with me? <laughs> and then that, that changed everything, really. Sure. That wasn't what I expect. I, I, I wasn't scared, really. I, I, I just was like thinking about how to tell my sister about what happened with me. Right. Yeah, how, I was knowing. <laughs> how did I scared knowing. How did she react? Exactly. That was like that. <laughs> Yeah, but she was like, okay, so now you know what you have to do. <laughs> yes, go back to your country or yes, like, come to to United States. So yeah. she just said that, something like that. But it was so hard because uh, I I didn't expect it. Yes, that was a huge that I had a chi- that, Yeah, I had a child coming my way, like, so hard. But with my sister, yeah, I have had my sister here help me a lot with the situation. First, mm-hmm. she brought me to the hospital. That is where my process began. So, and after that, I had to look for a job. <laughs> that was a very difficult part. So, you know why it was a difficult for me? Because for two reasons. First, I didn't speak English in that time. Okay. And second, I was pregnant. Right. So that was a difficult. So did, uh, did you but, find something? Yeah, finally. <laughs> One friend took me to the job. Mm-hmm. So, but it was an Indian restaurant in Jamaica Plant. Okay. Um, I started working as a as a baser, baser. Sorry, as a baser. A baker? You mean baking? Uh, baser. I mean, no, baser. Like, bus, bus boy. Oh, okay. Like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I was embarrassed because when I went to the table to fill up, to fill up the water, the water cup, they, they could ask me about the menu and I didn't understand. <laughs> that was embarrassed for me. Sure. Yeah, when they asked for something, I didn't understand that. So, so when did things start to change, like with the language? Because you express yourself very well in English. Yeah, but <laughs> when I start to take an English class in the GPA. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but you know what happened when I was like three months later, I got 
higher. You know why? Because they found out I was pregnant. And and so what happened? They let you go. And, oh, yeah, uh-huh. they they say they say it was a risk risk for them. Oh, okay. To allow me to work there. Yeah. So that but, was a difficult moment yes. for me. Was that the most so, difficult moment? What was, uh, yeah. What's the most difficult I, moment you you've had when you look back? When you look oh, back think, at your uh, life, what, and, uh, and my way to come to this country. The journey. How long did it take the, you? Your, uh, like one month. One month. Train yeah. and walking. Yeah, and train buses. walking a lot, like day and the night. Mm. So and yeah, that was so hard, uncomfortable. Sure. So and then I, the rest of my pregnancy months, I had to stay home. <laughs> it was boring for me. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah. You have to stay home now. Are you staying home now because of the coronavirus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How is this different? I think now I know, like, my daughter, I have my daughter, like, <laughs> and that time I was pregnant. Right. I didn't know nothing. So, so now. what what were some of the successes that you had? The things that made you feel proud or made you feel um, like you made the right choice? I think so. I feel proud because to uh, uh, myself <laughs> because I support my daughter. I'm a single mom, mm-hmm. so I I work hard to support her. And yeah, and another thing is I have accomplished one of my dreams. Oh. So in Honduras, I bought a house, but two small houses actually, uh, but with my sister. So now it's being rented. Oh, so you're getting yeah, rental income from Honduras? Yeah, exactly. Two small houses in the city, in the town where my sister lives. Oh, congratulations. That That's good. <laughs> Thank you. This is a good like, I succeed. I accomplished. Yes. Yeah. But. Yeah, finally, my she was born, my daughter, and now she's nine years old. <laughs> and the the other thing I want to tell you is about after that, my daughter she was born. Right. So I I started to working at McDonald's for eight years. I worked there. I I work. Wow. Yeah, for eight years. The first few years were hard for me because I I miss my family. Back in Honduras. Uh, yeah, and like that, I left behind, yeah. And also I miss my culture. What things about your culture did you miss the most? I think my <laughs> my food, I tra- some tradition we do in Honduras. Tell me about one of the traditions that you really miss. Uh, yeah, I think Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's, how is it different there from here? It's really like different because in Honduras we 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 just have like some traditional. One of the traditional is for Christmas you had to buy everyone had to buy a new clothes, new everything, shoes, clothes, mm-hmm. everything for that day. So I don't care the, for the rest of the year, but for Christmas everybody had to have a new outfit. <laughs> That's a tradition in Honduras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those traditions. In Honduras, like, the first day of the month, like, December, they visit, we call, in Honduras, we call, like, posadas. 
Posadas is mean the group of the person visiting another house and they do something religious, read the Bible, sing, and something like that. And they have they share some food every day. Starting December first. Oh, okay. So you miss that here? It's different. Of course, and the food, of course. <laughs> my mom, my mom make yeah, it's pretty good. Everything. Did you bring anything, some object or some something with you? Yes. What is uh, it? Actually, I did. Yeah, I have like my agent, my like contact agent, my friend's contact. It's but, a small book, like oh, like, oh, like an address book. Exactly. That. That is that. Did you stay in I, touch with your friends? Some of my friends, and also I have my ID from Honduras too. Your identification? Identification, yeah. In Honduras, we call it like, cédula. We say cédula in Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I miss a lot of my family, and that was so hard for me the first few years. But one of my hardest part about my journey was after one year I've been here, so I received the bad news. What? So that was... My mom had breast cancer. Oh. Yeah, yes. that was a long process. And then you couldn't go there to be with her. Exactly. That was a difficult part for me. How did you cope with it? How did you manage to get through that time? I was, I don't know. I, was, I can't believe my mom was uh, cancer, has a cancer breast. But finally, my mom now, she's like survivor. So that's, thanks, God. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Exactly. It's a long process. Yeah, and, and after that, the same year, I think my my unique grandpa, grandma, sorry, she mm. died. And and you couldn't be there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> also, so hard part of my life. If you look back, is there something that you would have done differently about your journey or the decision? I think so I, I had a good decision to come to this country. Good. So uh, I, I I miss my family and everything, but stay here is the best like decision I take in my life. It's the best best decision of your life. Wow, wow! And tell me why you say that. Because this country has so many opportunities. I feel comfortable here, and I have more opportunities like work, education. So for my daughter also because she was born here. So I have more opportunities. So I can I can relate with the other person to different countries. Yeah, and also I can su- support my, my family. Well, that's good. That's great. Yeah, in my country, the situation is very difficult. And this moment is worse than 10 years ago. Because of... Because the government. Because of the government. <laughs> exactly. Okay. No medicine, the education is so bad. Yeah. Everything, everything. When you were there, did you feel like your life was in danger by staying there? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, is there, could, would you share anything about that that made you decide, like, was there a moment, a day, a night, a, an experience that you said, I'm getting out of here? Yeah, I have an experience when I was in my country about like 
2009, I think, mm -hmm. that happened with the president, uh, Manuel Zelaya. Okay. He was out the government, something, I don't know, I think you hear that. Okay. I don't know how you explain you, but that was a very difficult because everything changed in that moment. So we can we can go out like we just stay home like that <laughs> in this moment. So wow. in that time in two thousand nine, yeah. It was because it was just dangerous, the, or the, you were you were yeah exactly. Wow. <laughs> and then was it the military that made you frightened? Yeah, or? the military exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think stay here is I say it's like. Uh, safe. Okay. Yeah, for me and for my family. But the, the the point is, I can visit my family, the rest of my family. So that was the hard part right now. That's the hard part. How, and Sylvia, how are you coping now with this coronavirus situation? Uh, Tell me about that a little bit. This process is very difficult for me and for all my family because the effect my economy and my family economy. And another thing is the education. So it's not the same, like, I, I understand. So, for example, my daughter, she worked a lot like in the computer to do the homework, but it's not the same. When right. you see the person, like, so it's, it's very difficult, really. It's uncomfortable, stay at home all the day long. But in my case, I... Still working for twenty five hours per week. You're working twenty five hours a week, but, but uh, outside? in the restaurant outside, yeah, exactly. I have to. Oh, for, yeah, it's very dangerous. Doing takeout and doing takeout. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just for takeout, it's very dangerous. I feel like you know, scared and afraid when I go out my house, but I have to do it because. I had to pay my my utilities, everything, the rent. So you know what's the problem right now? The government yet to support the people who are legal, who has a social security number. So in that, I can't stay home yet because the coronavirus. I had to go work. Because you're That's not the you, other part. Yeah, you're not going to get a check from anybody. Yeah. With the money that okay. Wow, it's got to be difficult right now, but it's not going to be permanent, but it's a hard time right now for everybody. It's a hard time for everybody. So, yeah, it's true. So when you go to work, do you wear a mask and gloves and the whole... Actually, no. I was feeling comfortable wearing a mask. Um, mm. Yeah, I feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I tried to do it. Actually, today when I went to the stoppy shop to buy some food, so I, I try to put it on, but I can't, like, breathe. <laughs> right. Okay. I feel like that. I feel uncomfortable. Wow. Well, let's hope this this doesn't take too long. I have a feeling it's going to go into the summer, but we'll see. I live by yeah. myself, so I'm I'm alone a lot normally. And when I feel like I've been alone too long, I just go out the front door because I live in downtown Boston. And oh, and, nice. and there's restaurants and everything and people. Now I go out and there's nobody there. So Yeah. And everything's closed. So it's another world. And it's happening all over the world. It isn't like it's yeah. just happening here. 
Exactly. So, so I told my family too, and they, I asked about how it's over there, and they saying the same. I think worse than here. Really? Mm. Because in some case, because they over there it doesn't the hospital doesn't have medicine, it doesn't have the materials for this coronavirus. Mm. So you're worried about here, and you're worried about there too. Yeah. Is your daughter bilingual? Does she speak Spanish and English? Yeah. That's fantastic. Very good, very good. And she understands and she writes and she reads. That's great. My granddaughter is five years old and she is bilingual. Her mother's mother is from Honduras. Wow. I think from the island of Roatan. Oh, Roatan? Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, but, um, so it's so good for the brain cells to be bilingual. Especially from... That's very important. They have more opportunity. Definitely, definitely. Sylvia, do you want to ask me anything about... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, how are you doing? What do you think about uh, the coronavirus happens right now? Uh, Well, I think I can only watch just so much of the news and then I get upset. I I think it's a good time to be distracted by hobbies and things that you like to do that normally you don't have time for, like reading or making crafts or something like that. I was going to visit my granddaughter in Los Angeles, but I had to cancel the trip. So, wow. And how is you, your son, right? The, yeah, so I have baby? Two, two sons. Oh, what about the, the baby's a girl, right? Yeah. Oh, how is her? She's doing great. Her mother is working from home, and her father, my son, is doing a little bit of work from home, but he's doing most of the child care. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sylvia, so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sylvia's story exemplifies the strength and determination she needed when obstacles threatened. Whether the surprise of an unplanned pregnancy or the day-to-day challenges of keeping strong during this pandemic, Sylvia does what she must do to maintain a life of security and safety for herself and her daughter. She views her decision to emigrate to the United States as the most important one she has made in her life. Sylvia remains a vital member of the Gardner Pilot Academy family. Thank you for staying with us right to the end of this episode. The Immigrant Voices Podcast Project is the brainchild of Michelle Duval, the program director at the Adult Education Program at the Gardner Pilot Academy in Alston, Massachusetts. You can learn more about English for Speakers of Other Languages courses at our website, www.gpaesol.com, or by emailing Michelle Duval directly at m.duval, D-U-V-A-L, at live.com. Without the funding of Charles View, Inc., and the support of its executive director, Joanne Barber, this project would never have been possible. A special thanks to music consultant Michael Bluestein, who helped us locate royalty-free music as background for each of my guest episodes. And last but not least, a big thank you to all the guests who are participating in this series of interviews. And to all 
Our listeners, we say thank you. Do come back for the next episode.